Welcome to Latina Lesbian Podcast. Join us and let us guide you to your healing journey. I'm your host, Evelyn Golden. And I'm your host, Natalie Golden. Topics we are going to dive into include sexual abuse, sexual trauma, and how to start forgiving yourself for situations when you were simply a victim of abuse. We are so excited to have you here. Please listen to what I'm about to say. If you've ever been a victim of sexual abuse, I want you to know that it was never your fault. That was not your fault. Whatever happened to you was not your fucking fault, okay? If you're here, this is a sign from the universe to keep listening. So ask yourself, do I need to heal from sexual trauma? Am I a victim of sexual trauma? First off, If this is too much for you, or you feel triggered, or you feel very uncomfortable, that's okay. That's fine. You can always come back to this. You can always listen to this later on, whenever you're ready. If you're good to go, then let's go ahead and continue. I want to start off with sharing the definition of sexual abuse. According to Psychology Today, sexual abuse is defined as any sexual activity that occurs without consent. Sexual abuse can involve force, violence, threats, fear, deception, touching, harassing, or taking advantage of someone who is not able to give consent. If you have been a victim of sexual abuse, or if you know anyone who has been a victim, I'm here to tell you that you have not lost the battle. You have a voice. What they did to you was not fair, and you did not deserve that at all. We can choose to be depressed, infuriated, bitter, but I know that you're here seeking validation. It's time to speak up. It's time to get started on your healing and you're going to do this in a healthy way you deserve that much to heal the time is now will this take time of course but we are too fucking determined to let this define our life it stops today yeah i agree with you nat and i'm glad you're sharing this with our listeners and i think they're going to be really happy about how this episode is going to turn out um at the end of the episode you're going to understand you know the definition of sexual trauma and you're really going to think about and I want you to really think about if you know you've ever been through that or even if you know anybody who's been through it uh, maybe it's even your partner so um, this is a very sensitive topic so thank you for you know if you're still here thank you for listening to this I want you to know that an abuser is always someone that is close to you your family or someone that's like in your circle from Mm -hmm. like a really young age right yeah or it could even be a family member, like a cousin, yeah. um, or, you know, a tío or a tía. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it now, and it's, like, so fucked up to say. But it's a truth. Um, and sometimes we want to block it. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to be like, you know what? This fucking happened to me, and this isn't right. Yeah, somebody needs to speak up. Yeah, exactly. So, some facts to consider. Um, 91% of abuse happens from someone that we know. One in four girls and one in 13 boys get sexually abused in the U.S. And these are numbers that are verified by the CDC. We want to let you know that we love you guys and that we're here to help you begin your healing journey. 
I'm going to be very honest. I've never done this before. And I'm going to share parts of me, intimate parts of me, of my story that I've never shared with anybody. I haven't healed from this yet. I'm still in the process of it. So if you feel like you've gone through a similar situation that has broken you, I'm here to hold your hand and guide you so we can walk through this together. So can I please share with you? Yes, I'm talking to you. You driving your car to work, or if you're laying down and listening to this, we've shared stories with you, but they've never been as detailed or as intimate as this one. First off, I want to say that we don't have to live in this victim mentality anymore. Like I said, we have a voice and we can do this together. You're not alone. I think that it's very hard for some of us to talk about these things because we're reopening wounds that we kind of covered up and that our body protects us from. And they're very difficult to listen to as well. I want to say I was between the ages of three and five. Can I give you a specific age? No, I can't because my body during that time also protected me from certain parts or events that happened in my life. And so when I was younger, my parents were never actually together, right? Yeah. I was born and, you know, they took their own separate they went their own separate ways. They were separated. Yeah, right? they decided to do life. How old were you when they got separated? I want to say I was like maybe like one or two. Like they didn't last long together. That's really young. I know. But again, that happens sometimes in relationships that you start off really young. So yeah. going back to why I'm giving you background is because it's important to know that during this time, I was going back and forth. So I would spend time with my mom and then my grandparents from my dad's side, mm -hmm. um, they would go and pick me up and I would spend time with my family on my dad's side, right? Did you feel like you were being tossed around? I'm sure a lot of people feel like that. They feel like they have to overcompensate with time. Yeah. One of the times that I had gone to visit my grandparents, all of my cousins, I guess you would say cousins, first cousins, second cousins, you know, Hispanic families, you know, la carne, asada, la carne asada, everybody getting together. Yeah. Oh, este es tu primer primo. Este es tu segundo primo. Like, what is what does all of this mean? Like, right? Anyways, so one of those times that you know we had a family event. I remember, you know, going to my grandparents' house. They had what was known as their house, and then they had a huge backyard. And in this huge backyard, towards the back part, they had this little area where it kind of looked like a shed, but it was like a remodeled shed. So it mm -hmm. looked like a studio mm -hmm. slash one bedroom apartment, super small. And I remember during this time that I know it was a family gathering because I remember my little dress. That's Those are things, those are memories that I do remember. Wow. I was laying on the floor and this person was on top of Were me. Were you like asleep? Or, like, was this no. late, early? Do you remember that? This was, like... At a party or At something? a party, like, really? during like the a, day. During the day? It was during the day because I remember the there fuck? being light. What the fuck? And so, all I remember him doing was getting on top of me with his pants pulled down 
And I remember staring at the ceiling and you know how like the ceiling has like like texture, like, like those texture. bubble textures. I remember that was the first time that I feel or that I could remember. Yeah. Because you were so young, right? Yeah, yeah. That I dissociated. I remember it being a second cousin. <laughs> That's why I give you background on all of that. But I remember being a second cousin and I'm not going to say names, of course, but he put his hand on my mouth as he got on top of me and saying to be quiet, to shh, like don't say anything. And I started focusing on the texture on the ceiling. Because you were so scared. Because I was so scared. I was like, you froze. I froze instead of like fighting. Yeah. I froze. Mm -hmm. And... Have you ever felt when you get dizzy, like, or there's something going on in your life and you, like, you're in so much shock, like... Or stress. Or stress. Yeah. That you start getting dizzy and then all of, like, the corners out of your eyes, like, you know how you see a picture of you're looking at something? Yeah. It just starts closing up, like, kind of like like a scene from a movie. It kind of closes out from the corners, black. To, like, Mm -hmm. almost nothing, and then all of a sudden, you black out. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I think at that time when I was little, my body was trying to protect me from whatever happened to me. So, that's how fucking scared you were? As I was so terrified. And I don't recall, like, how it ended, but that was the first time that I remember being sexually abused by someone in the family i was between the ages of i want to say three and five the reason why i remember the ages is because when i was obviously that age when i would go back to my mom's right she would tell me that i would throw temper tantrums and she didn't know how to stop them and this was after the fact right this was after the fact and obviously you were a little girl who was crying for help because you got sexually abused Mm mm-hmm and so she would also tell me or share stories with me of me developing an imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that I'm telling you this, right? Yeah. And now that I'm older, now that I've kind of analyzed parts of my life, mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, that's crazy. These were all signs of trauma. Yeah. You're experiencing trauma at such a young age. And what do, what do Latina moms say? No, que le da la loquera. No, que she's yeah. She has a little. She's throwing a tantrum. A temper tantrum. Like bro, she would tell. Like, yeah, she would tell me. Llorona, como molesta. El niño no se calma. Like all this dumb shit, and it's like, bro, like your kid, like some something happened to your fucking kid. Literally, How they're you yelling out. No, yeah, and then they get mad at you. My mom started saying that I started developing anger management issues because my parents were because she was split up. Oh because my, my parents were not together. Yeah. And that was in the the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the second time that I was sexually abused, that I could remember. Again, the same thing happened. The same thing happened to where I only remember the very beginning. So... Fast- because you're saying that, you you know, you know that you're going through that in the moment. But then your body just like freezes, right? Yeah. My body froze and like dissociated so much that even the slightest, you know, details to the things that have happened to me. Yeah. It's it's a sign of me like winning for, you know, to better myself. 
to know what my triggers are now as I'm older. To understand yourself and to try to help yourself and start healing. Yeah, because this whole time I thought I was like crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought I had anger management issues. Mm-hmm. I seriously thought that there was something broken negatively inside of me. Again, you thought it was your fault. I thought it was my fault. I thought I, I was so guilty for so many years. Oh like, God. you know, and, and that, that was a very tough pill to swallow yeah. when my mom eventually decided to push me off with my dad because she she couldn't handle me instead of trying to figure out from the very beginning that you know I had been sexually abused um at the time when I was around 11 or 12 my mom had a boyfriend around that time that was the same time that my brother was born and my mom was growing you know her family you know, on her own, and she was just taking a different direction on life. Was she a single mom? She was a single mom until she met, yeah, for a while, until she finally met this guy. They had my brother. So fast forward, I was around the age of like around 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And they all always used to do these, like I said, carne asadas, um, the bonfires outside. Los fiestas cada fin de semana. Yeah. Yeah. Era viernes, sábado y domingo. Todo el tiempo. Mm -hmm. Right? So... There was a lot of men <laughs> all the time, you know, like in big Mexican Getting families, there's a lot of men drinking beer and yeah. whatever. Like we, we have all had a beer. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there was a lot of men and there was a lot of people drinking and all the younger kids, everybody else usually was kind of like left to do whatever. Fucking all over the place. Yeah. Fucking shit up, right? At, in the farm. <laughs> right. So, I used to, at first, I used to hate going to these events. Because I would associate it with what happened to me. And the second insult that I remember was when I was around that age. One of um my brother's cousins, which were not related to me. So, you and your brother have different dads, right? Yeah. Okay, so... At this point, you guys were with your brother's family. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, one of his cousins, he was older than me, obviously. Like how old? He was probably like four years older than me. And how old were you this time? I was around 11 or 12. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I want to say about four years older, four or five years older than me. Okay. Around there. Um... He had kind of not lured me, but he kind of like manipulated a situation to where he convinced me to go in back of the in back of a car. So because it was such a big family, there was a lot of cars. Like when they all park. In yeah. The and everybody's like parking in the entrance. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like big Mexican families, how everybody's starts parking in the entrance. So there was so many cars. That you can't really see what's going on. So many cars and so many trucks, right? Blocking the view. Yeah. So he kind of lured me and convinced me to go with him to talk to him in back of one of these cars. Okay. And one of the things that I remember is him telling me that he really liked me and that that he really thought I was really pretty. Like, all the things that, you know, abusers and people say to, like, young kids to lure them in, right? Yeah. And I don't give... I don't care if he was older than me. Like, by a few years, 
that what he did was not right. Mm-hmm. And so we're in back of this car. And he turns me around and he's like, oh, look at the stars, look at the moon. And so he grabs my hand and he puts it down his pants. Mm-hmm. And he tells me what to do. And I freeze. And so this whole time I'm frozen and I'm scared and I don't know what I'm doing. And like in similarity with the first story that I shared with you guys, I did not really remember what happened after a certain point in time. Because I only remember the beginning of it and how impactful it was for me. But again, the same thing happened. My body started protecting me from what I knew that was wrong. And obviously what I knew that was what what was hurting me. Yeah. So you froze and you began to dissociate all over again. again. Yeah. And I just think it's fucking disgusting how he was like way older than you. And he's like, let me just grab this young girl and fucking abuse her in the back, fucking back of the trucks. Like that's fucking disgusting. Yeah. And There's so- like all these pedophiles around all these kids all the time. And I just fucking hate it how like family members like don't ask like hey where's my daughter they're not like on it they're fucking lost in alcohol and they don't pay attention to these things yeah they're too they trust everybody they think everybody's fucking angels or they think that by some way just because they're there nearby that we're safe that you're fine yeah that i'm fine i fucking hate that it's yeah it's fucking terrible like if you have kids like please take care of your kids during this time, I was um, living with my dad. My yeah. mom had told me between those gaps, had sent me off with my dad because I was too angry at the world and there was so much negativity and she couldn't handle my actitud. Tienes una actitud de perro, me decía. Damn. No te aguanto, tienes una actitud de perro, like you think you know it all. And of course, at this time, I was also rebelling. I was angry. I wouldn't talk to her, but I was so upset. Did you ever open up to her about the things that had happened to you? Not in detail. So, mom, if you ever hear this, I'm so sorry. So, I got sent off with my dad, right? And I never thought that I was going to experience, like, sexual abuse again. What did you think? Like, what did you do at that age? Like, around 14, 15? Did you ever think about that stuff that happened to you back then? It triggered me. Were now, you scared of, like, men, or? No, no, no. Like, I was never terrified of men. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I just never was. It's kind of weird because a lot of victims do feel like they're afraid of certain people or that look a certain way, especially if they yeah. look closer to, you know, that looks very similar to their predator. And so people tend not to, or te- people tend to be more afraid of people that look or have those similarities but for some reason, I never did. But the reason being that, that I never did and I never knew why, it was actually because I dissociated for most of the insult or during the time that it happened. And I didn't know that until like almost recently. So moving forward, again, never thought it was going to happen to me again. But I started finding out more of like my sexuality and who I really like was crushing on and all the exciting things that happen to you when you're a teenager, right? Was and this towards uh, women or men? or You always knew you were gay? I always knew I was gay. And if I ever dated any 
any males was for the sole fact of pleasing my parents or for pleasing everybody else yeah everybody else except me (laughs) yeah because i was ashamed i was guilty you felt guilty and ashamed at the time yeah they made me feel that way at a very young age and so i started kind of experimenting and dating females or flirting with females and so one of um my first um girlfriends she was very she was a little bit overbearing almost controlling so one of the times that you know i had gotten out with some of you know my friends it was four of us going to wendy's right like again, I'm not gonna be specific, but it was early two thousand vibes. Yeah, like when hanging out was just like so cool, right? <laughs> and you're like young, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to this place and like yeah. have this yeah. meal and have such gossip time and whatever. Anyways, so I believe it was around my birthday because at that time, my ex girlfriend had given me um, chocolate cake and flowers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So okay, we go, we get off. You know, the parking lot, we're walking in, we go into Wendy's and we order our meals. Everything's super cool, super natural. Like we go pick a table, we're sitting down and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go wash my hands. So I get up and I'm walking towards the restroom, right? Mm -hmm. Super casual, natural day. And all of a sudden I see that she's like, right, I feel somebody behind me. So I just take it as like, oh my God, there's somebody else that needs to use the restroom. Like... But then she grabbed me, like, from my shoulder. What the fuck? And I was like, oh, okay, maybe she wants to wash her hands, too. No big deal. Okay. Whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we go into the restroom, mm-hmm. and I'm washing my hands. And I remember being so happy because she had gotten me little gifts, and I was just happy to be out of the house. Right. And I was super excited to hang out with them, like, outside of the house. You know, I was like a freshman. Yeah. I was so little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I'm there washing my hands, talking, la la, and then all of a sudden, she starts kissing me, mm-hmm. and so she's kissing me, and she's telling me how much she cares for me, whatever, right? Normal bullshit. But then all of a sudden, when I try to stop her from kissing me, and I'm like, okay, like we should like go because the food's probably out; it's gonna get colder. She's kind of like forces me to like keep on kissing no her in a weird way. What she grabs fuck? me, and it just what the fuck. It sends chills down my fucking body because oh my it, God, it, it triggered you. It triggers me. Fuck. And the way, just the way that she was holding me, like very oh. aggressive, very controlling. Yeah. Fuck. And so That's she scary. takes her hand and she starts unbuttoning my pants. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like, what's going on? Like, you're freaking out, right? And she's, like, still kissing me. Like, if I'm not... Like, if she doesn't... Like, bro, if you see a person that is super scared, like, that turns you off. Like, you stop immediately. Like, that's not even... You know? Yeah. That's not normal. No. No. And so she starts unbuttoning my pants, putting her hands, like, in my pants. And she finally reaches, like, underneath my underwear. And... Fucking restroom, bro. In the restroom. At a Wendy's restroom. And she puts her hand in. She shoves it in, actually. And she penetrates me with her fingers. I was so scared. I was so triggered. I was like, I started crying immediately. And I pushed her off like hard. 
And that was like the first time in my life that I could remember that I actually fought somebody off of me. I was like getting tired of it. I'm like, this needs to fucking stop. Yeah. And I should have said something. I didn't, you know, I didn't. Mm -hmm. But I quickly, uh, you know, buttoned up my pants and I started crying. I got out of the restroom crying and I ran to to the table and I was wiping my tears off and nobody asked me. Nobody cared to ask me what was wrong until later. Mm-hmm. Nobody checked up on me. Nobody, because everybody was, I don't know, for some reason, people were scared of her in a weird way. Like, she was such a manipulator. And from that day, I left her her cake. I left her her flowers. And I yeah. was like, I'm done. And I never thought, like, being a female, which sex obviously does not matter. No. No. But you no think gender. that you're safe. Like, gender does not matter. Yeah. Like, it does not matter. People will take advantage of you mm-hmm. if they see the opportunity. So this fucking happens to you, like, it was a tragic event after another tra- tragic event after another. Yeah, event. yeah, it, it, it was pretty bad. Um, and so this time I was around, I was a freshman in high school, right? And so I lived with my dad for about three years, just to give you like a sequence. Mm-hmm. Three years, so I was my half of my eighth grade year freshman sophomore and half of my junior year so during this time when I was a junior my dad had literally kicked me out because he had given me an ultimatum if I stay with my mom and live my life like I want to or do I go back to his house and live by his rules and magically turn straight so like I said, I was the first Girl. time that I was like fighting for my for what Girl. I believed was in. Was he like a, a machista? Yeah, he was a machista. Like oh, one no. of the times that he had found cards, you know, one of the times that he had found cards from like other, you know, girls from school or whatever. He had like almost I thought he was going to punch me, but he didn't. Thank God. But he closed his fist and he started like breaking down. Bro. Super upset, throwing a tantrum. What the fuck? Because his daughter's gay. Fucking embarrassed. He was embarrassed. Bro. So fast forward to my junior oh, year, no, right? No. Yeah. So it was the first time that I was like, no, I don't want to live by your standards. Like, I'm not happy. I've already tried it. Obviously, like, I'm gay. Like, I was born like this. It's something out of my control. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be bashing me for it or making me feel guilty every fucking day of my life, of my existence. Yeah. And You're so, like, fuck this. So I was like, fuck this, I'm not gonna live with you. <laughs> so he was like, all right. And he gets, you know, fucking trash bags and he puts all my stuff there and he throws yeah. it outside of my How grandma's house. How old were you? I was, um, 17. Bro. Fucking minor. He's like, get your gay ass out of my house, bro. I think I had just turned I'm tired 17. Of that shit. I'm tired of that shit. Yeah, so he... Of parents he, disowning you because yeah. you're gay. Like, what the fuck is wrong with them? So he grabbed all my stuff and he had his, you know, other family in the car. And he was like, if you want to come, like, just come. But just know that there's going to be my rules and you can't see these people. And I was like, absolutely not, right? So I ended up going... I made the decision of going back to my mom's house. And... At that time, she was still dating what would be my brother's dad, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. were they were never got married, but yeah. they were still dating. And so, my mom was still partying, and she was still living the same life 
that she was since I had left. Right? This had already been three years? This had already been three years. Okay. And even me being gone made her feel very depressed. But besides the point, like, obviously, there's a lot of things that happened. And so fast forward, again, never thought I was going to get sexually abused again. Oh, my God. But one of the times, it was a weekend. I think it was closer to Easter. And she had, well, both of them had been partying and they had people over. And these parties lasted like till like six in the morning, eight in the morning, nine in the morning. Like, hello, Mexican parties. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the days that she had told me and she would always tell me, go to my room, close the door, lock the door, stay in my room. Like, don't worry about it. Because at the time I didn't have a place of my own to sleep in. So I would sleep in her room when I was living there or in the couch. And she, she, it was another night like that. And she was like, go inside the room, lock the door. So I went to bed, right? I go to bed early as a normal person should. Um, goes to bed. And in the morning, I get woken up by someone grabbing my hand. And at first, oh, I thought it was my mom because my mom would always feel very guilty and feel very bad because she was always partying and, you know, doing her things. But she would grab my hand and she would kiss me and tell me that she was sorry. So initially, I thought it was my mom. Mm-hmm. And, was you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking blind. <laughs> I need my glasses all the time. And I didn't have contacts when I was that age, you know. So yeah. I didn't have my glasses on. So at first, I thought it was my mom. And it turns out it was my brother's dad. And he grabbed my hand and he put it on his penis. What the fuck? That's fucking sick. I'm and sorry, babe. It's okay. I'm sorry this happened. And my heart started racing so fast. Like, what did you do in the moment? Like, in the moment, you- I I just, I, I was so scared. Because this guy had been in jail. Where was your mom? My mom was passed out in the living room. Oh my god. Bro. I was so scared because this guy, this was a little bit different. This oh, was not... Fuck no. And then you're older, so you're more aware of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you're not little scary. anymore. You're, you're already like, no. You've already been That's too exposed. weird. And so I was, oh my God, I was so, first of all, I was very disgusted. I was fucking shaking. Like, I don't shake. I'm a very strong person. Like, I I started shaking. I moved my hand immediately. And I don't know if he thought I was asleep. I don't know if he he has done this before because it almost felt like he had. And I don't remember. Because I lived with him during a certain period when I was younger too. Yeah. When my mom had barely started going out with him. Yeah. So. When your brother was younger? Yeah, when he was a baby baby. Yeah. And so I ended up telling my mom that same day after she woke up. And how did you tell her? Like, how did you I was like, her? can I please talk to you? I was like, you told me to come to you. And I'm tired of these things happening to me. Bro. And she just looked at me and she gave me a look like she already knew. What? Like she was afraid. What? The, what I was going to tell her. 
And when I told her, I was like, he literally went into the room and he put my hand there and I moved and I'm scared and I just don't feel safe and I don't feel comfortable. Tell me that she kicked him out of the house. So, yeah, she kicked him out of the house. Right after that? No, it still took her some time. Bro. Bro, like, okay, let me ask you. If you had a daughter and she came to you and she fucking told you that. Like, what is up with, like, Latino parents, Hispanic parents that when a child comes fucking running back to you telling you, like, hey, the fucking pastor just fucking touched me. Or, hey, my tío just fucking touched me. Or, my grandpa just fucking touched me. Or, hey, he tried to rape me. Like, your boyfriend tried to rape me, mom. Oh, they make me feel weird. Oh, are you sure that happened to you? Bro, they ask the fucking kids, like, oh, are you sure you're not crazy? Bro. Are you sure you don't have issues? (laughs) How the fuck does that happen? Like, that's what fucking drives me crazy. Like, these fucking poor innocent children, young adults... Getting fucking almost raped by family members, right? Or even in the circle, as we were saying. And your parents don't fucking believe you or take fucking forever to do something about it. Yeah. To act on it. Like, what the fuck? And you know what's worse? That some Hispanic parents don't see shit. No. And it's like everybody fucking knows. And these people don't talk. These people don't open their mouths. And I'm fucking happy that I've seen like more... Latinas like speaking about like how they almost got raped by their fucking grandpa their or dad their tío their fucking own father at least like now I feel like we all have an individual voice and it should be heard your story should be heard yeah and you know I think it's also important for us to talk about like the domestic violence and stuff like that because my mom at the time was also a domestic um violence victim and i i feel that i put myself in a lot of people's shoes yeah but it wasn't like the first time that he has ever done or hit her and i had seen that multiple times when i was younger yeah so i feel that because of that reason and the fact that she got involved with someone that she knew that she shouldn't have gotten involved with and now she has a kid And this is not to talk bad about her or to misjudge her because I don't know what it feels like to be a mother. But I truly believe that she was terrified of him as I was. But then again, why would you date somebody who just came out of jail or who is involved in jail? Exactly. I don't. Exactly. I don't know. No, like that's unacceptable. That's not even a reason. Like we should be smart enough now, even now, like if you know you're getting yourself involved with the fucking wrong guy or wrong girl. Get away from them. Like, you're going to do yourself a favor because it's going to fuck you over or it's going to fucking either hurt your kids or yourself or Your family. Yeah, I know. It affects everybody in your circle. Yeah. So that happened, right, when I was around 17. Anyway, moving forward, um, the last time that I was sexually abused or harassed was actually when I was 23. So, of course, you know, I had a different girlfriend. We would always all go out in groups, you know, close friends, some cousins, whatever. It was never abnormal for us to all go out and have a good time, right? It's normal. You're young, you're going out and stuff. And so one of the times we had gone over to a mutual friend's apartment and she was showing us her apartment, you know, we're having some drinks or whatever. And I ended up, I think I was really tired around that time because I was going to school 
and I was also working. And so things were, you know, kind of like lay heavy on you sometimes no, after yeah. a few drinks. You're yeah. just like, you pass out. You're fucking tired. <laughs> so to make a very long story short, um, we were there. It was obviously past midnight um, and I had already fallen asleep. And so at the time, my ex and I were having some issues, you know, because of other things that we were dealing with. But let's just say that she didn't trust me completely around that time. She didn't, I didn't fully have her trust, mm-hmm. which doesn't justify her not helping me. Mm-hmm. But I can see why she didn't trust me. And so I ended up again getting triggered it was past midnight my girlfriend and some other friends that were still obviously there and that were awake were outside in the patio and it was my best friend and I were sitting we had we had fallen asleep in the couch you know watching tv so at the time my ex-girlfriend was very close to her cousin right Mm -hmm. they were really really tight and I was asleep and I wake up feeling triggered I snapped out of like I immediately got sober (laughs) like immediately even though I was asleep you know how when you fall asleep and you're you're kind of like buzzed and you know you were in a deep sleep yeah well that deep sleep was awoken by sharp pain okay um because I come to know and to realize that her cousin had stuck his fingers inside of me oh my god and what the you were asleep. What I, the was fuck? asleep. I was asleep. I was asleep. Everybody was there. In the everybody was outside party? in the patio. Yeah. Yeah. And we were inside. It was my best friend and I. And he ended up. I guess during that time, he. I don't know if he had gone inside or if he fell asleep and then he woke up. But I really don't know what happened. Yeah. All I know is that I woke up hurting. Oh my god. And I I go to the restroom, and I immediately start panicking. Right, like. I start feeling scared again, that sense of feeling like scared. And I'm like, oh my God, like, why is this happening to me again? Yeah. And I'm like, did that really happen? Fucking doubting yourself. Doubting myself yourself. again, making excuses. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I go and I'm like, why am I, you know, at the same time that my brain's trying to grasp what yeah. is happening. Yeah. After using the restroom, I realized that there was blood. And I end up locking the door and sitting down yeah you're fucking freaking I'm out. freaking out yeah, you're having like a panic attack right yeah I'm sitting down on the floor and I'm crying hysterically oh my god and my best friend she wakes up or she ends up like going to the restroom somehow and asking me or knocking on the because she can she sense that something happened that something was wrong yeah and so she goes and she's asking if I'm okay you know and let me come in and all, you know, this, all these things. Right. And yeah, I was just so scared. Yeah. And my ex-girlfriend at the time, she, she goes and she, she looks at me because she doesn't know how to like receive the information that I gave her that her cousin just literally like sexually abused me in my sleep in the living room when like anybody could walk in. Mm-hmm. and she doesn't really know how to receive that information but I also feel like I made excuses at that time you know because 
it was just something really hard. It was something really hard to swallow and we were already having issues. Point being, she didn't believe me when I told her at the beginning that he had sexually like harassed me. She kind of looked at me like if I was some sort of like slut. Yeah. And. Like you were lying to her? Like I was lying to her. Yeah. That I. Wow. It wasn't until much later that, you know, she eventually. She didn't actually shouldn't do shit about it. Yeah. She just told me I'm going to stop talking to him. Oh, what the fuck? So she never like approached him in the party? She never, she never told him anything. What? Like, how do these fuckers get away with this shit? How? How do people get away with it? What the fuck? And then they go and keep doing it. Yeah. Bro. And to top it off, once, like, once um, we broke up, he still messaged me. No way. He still fucking messaged me. Fuck the audacity that people have, like... Oh my god, I swear to god, like Did you block him? <laughs> yes, absolutely. He's fucking blocked. That's fucking nasty. What the fuck? And on top of that, the cherry on top, she told me not to tell anybody from her family. What? Yeah. Yeah, and I was stupid. I was so stupid to not have a voice. And this is the reason why this episode is so important to me. Because somebody needs to know what the fuck. And you need to have a voice. Don't make the same mistakes if you have lived through a situation like this. Or if you're living one, get the fuck out. Tell somebody, seek help. Tell your friends. There's so much help out there, guys. Like, I didn't realize it when I was younger and stupid. But because of all the trauma that I had been through. But if you're going through any of this, like, you're not alone. Like, you need to reach out for help. Uh, nah, I just want to say, like, thank you so much for, for sharing these really tough stories and for opening up about this. Um, obviously, I want our listeners to know that I didn't know some of these stories. And, uh, you know, as hard as it is for me, um, you know, as a partner, I have to be supportive and I have to listen to these stories because I agree with Natalie. Like, she deserves to have a voice. And I want other people to hear about this, to listen to her to take her advice if you choose to because you also have a voice so i want to thank you so much for sharing these stories because it it takes a lot of balls and (laughs) it does it's really hard and you know i I could see guys i want to let you know since you know this is all audio that i can literally see her tears coming out of her eyes and uh obviously she had to take a couple pauses and breathers there because this is tough it's hard to to speak about this to talk about this but I am so proud of you for having your own voice right now and sharing this so that you can help others. So you should feel very, very proud of yourself. Um, Natalie, so how can our listeners, if they have been through any of this trauma, how can they begin to face these hardships? I want to know how can they begin to heal from this? And, uh, you know, what, what would be the first thing to do? So I first would encourage you to start recognizing the broken parts in you and the triggers. You know, if something is very triggering to you, ask yourself, why? Why is this triggering me the way that it is? Mm -hmm. Look at your reaction, um, your thoughts. Just reflect on that first, just so you can start targeting areas that you need to work on. Secondly, I would say, ask yourself how it starts affecting your body. 
right? Because sometimes when we're not able to express ourselves or share intimate things or just cope with things in the moment, it starts manifesting in your body as body aches and it starts accumulating. You start storing all that pain in your body. Yeah, and it can quickly turn into depression, um, anger, you know, all those negative feelings, guilt, you know, things that you can definitely choose to overcome if you simply reflect. Thirdly, I would suggest to start processing and accepting what has happened. Because sometimes when events are so traumatic, we definitely don't accept them and we automatically just don't want to deal with them yeah we just block them or push them off to the side so that's very important for us to do is to start processing and accepting what has happened because it has happened and then start dissecting how did that make me feel what was my initial reaction Mm -hmm. how would i act differently if i was placed in that scenario again And as for your final step, I would say to forgive yourself. Self-forgiveness is the key. Forgive yourself for things that were not in your control. I need you to meditate and grab that pain and release it to the universe to have space for healing and good energy to come back to you. Remember, we share these in-depth stories so that you or listeners can feel relatable and safe to know that you're not alone because it doesn't matter what age you are how far you live we've all been through some crazy shit in life and uh right now this is the only way we can connect okay so (laughs) i want you to start your healing journey and i'm never gonna get tired of saying that okay so our goal is to help you face your traumas forgive yourself because none of this was your fucking fault This was way out of your control. But now you have to take control of your emotions. Now it's your time. Now it's your time to heal. Start your fucking healing journey. So if you can, you know, love yourself enough to stop yourself from hurting. Stop being depressed. You know, stop having so much anxiety. Because you have control of your life and your emotions. You deserve happiness, abundance, and love. It's your time now, guys. Please think about everything we've shared and talked about. I know this episode was a little bit forward in your face. And if you need to take some moments to... (laughs) If you need to, like, pause it and then play it or, like, come back to it, that's completely fine. That's normal because some things, you know, were very triggering during the episode. So take your time. Take all the time you need. Thank you again for joining us and listening to our episode and our podcast. It wasn't easy, but you deserve to hear the truth and you deserve to start healing. Have a great day. Stay Stay golden. golden.